and we're back live once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I am your host, Thomas Penland, coming at y'all live once again. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. This episode was actually previously recorded yesterday. It was late last night. Me and Brett both recorded it, but got a great podcast for y'all today. It's very close to NFL season. Y'all already know what that means. Been on a tear lately on baseball. Got all that stuff for y'all on Twitter. Got a little NFL preseason action. You know, it's it's going to be fun, guys. I'm very hyped for football to start, you know, here in, I guess, three weeks. We got it. We got college football, you know, week zero. So I'm excited. I know y'all are excited. It's about that time. But let's get down to it here, guys, and hear what me and Brett got to say. Now we're going to talk about what everybody probably wants to hear me talk about, of course, my Dallas Cowboys. Yes, yes, I know we're in a contractual situation of... A bunch of things, man. Obligation. Uh, you know, if we don't sign these players, we will probably not win as many games, obviously. But I have a take that's pretty much not really a take. It's just the ultimate solution, and that's signing all of them, which I think is actually going to happen. Jerry Jones is going to do it. But since I have to tackle this on, you know, are you going to make me choose two out of three? Um, no, I'm not making you choose between Dak. I mean, the, can can y'all pay all three of them? Yes, for sure. Dude, we have a bunch of things coming off the books that people do not realize. We have Sean Lee's contract. We're actually still yep. paying Tony Romo, which is bizarre, but is one of those loaded contracts. Kind of like what Tom Brady just accepted that everybody's calling an extension. It's just really putting it in voided years and things of that nature. But we'll have the money. Jerry Jones always makes it work. And just some stats on why the Cowboys should sign all of them. Last year, in just eight games, they were 7-1 and one with all three of them. And they only mm-hmm. lost the first game against the Tennessee Titans because Amari Cooper didn't even know the offense. He had like one catch for 19 yards. Yeah, Secondly, no, that, game was actually, that game was crazy. I will say this. I was very big on the Titans that night. It was Monday Night Football, too, and the Cowboys cannot win on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, they cannot win. I don't know if it's a curse or... I don't know, honestly. Weren't you low? Wait, what, how many Monday night games y'all have last year? Just one? Uh, that's definitely not true. I can't even remember, but I would assume two. I think it was two. I think we played yeah, I, I an NFC East team and then the Titans. Yeah, I think that sounds right, but... All right, so who do you think is more important to the Cowboys team between Amari and Zeke, and would you pay Zeke now with two years left on his deal? Well, it's hard to say with who's most important because when you look at Zeke, they're, the Cowboys are 3-3 three and three without him, but they've never had a situation in which they have to not have him or Amari Cooper. It's only the, the window of games that you can look at right there is only those six games in which he got suspended and Amari Cooper wasn't even on the team at that point. So it's hard to say who's more important out of those two. But I don't, I mean, it's hard to really say. I I do think Dak Prescott is not the most talented of the three, but there is a but. He is the glue guy for those. Like, he is the glue guy. He makes everything really work and flow it's hard to say, man. It's impossible. You're not going to get an answer for me, but I will say that the Cowboys have never won a Super Bowl without a leading rusher. So, a league leading rusher. 
without okay, a rushing yeah, title. You know who has two of those? Who? Ezekiel Elliott. He does. So right, my first answer to the question is who's more important to the team? It's definitely a very tough question because, I mean, like you said, we saw how they did without Zeke two seasons ago, and it was not very pretty. I will say this, though. Before the Dak Prescott got Amari Cooper, he was 3-4 and four with a 62, 62% um, completion percentage, and he was uh, had eight touchdowns and four interceptions. Since getting him, he's he went 7-2, 71% completion percentage, and 14 and four, four uh, touchdowns to interceptions. You know, I'm going to have to say I think Amari Cooper is a little bit more important to the team just because he opened things up for Dak Prescott and gave him a beast receiver. But, I mean, that's not to say Ezekiel Elliott is not important, but I feel like running back is a position that you can find. You know, what you, you can find. Here's what you can't find in a running a back. That you, can't find, you can find playmaking in a lot of running backs. You cannot find mm-hmm. blocking like Ezekiel Elliott gives. And he, it opens up the whole field having Amari Cooper because he's an elite receiver. But it's hard to say either or is really, I guess, more crucial to the team's success. I think they're both equally crucial. And for that reason, I think you have to sign them both. You know what I'm saying? Um, you actually broke up there a little bit again. I don't know why I keep having these technical difficulties. It's probably because you're on that Chicago uh, hotel apartment I don't even know what you're in, but the the Wi-Fi is all trash over there, man. Yeah, well, I'm in an apartment, but I mean, I have no idea. It's just the Chicago Wi-Fi, man. Come on, Chicago, get better Wi-Fi. But <laughs> the Windy City, dude. Anyway, back to what we were. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I don't know how far it broke up, but I won't say that one or the other is more crucial for the team's success because they're both equally crucial in my mind. I think both of them help each other. And for that reason, I say you have mm-hmm. to pay them both. I mean, it's you can't really choose. See, I think that Amari Cooper is a little bit more important just because the Cowboys, once they got him, played so much better. I think you can survive a little bit better without Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, you won't be as good, but you still need him in there. Um, you know, I can't, I can't honestly pay Zeke with, with two years still left on his deal. I can't do it right now. But ask me that after the Cowboys. It, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but let's say he sits out and the Cowboys are 0-2, 0-3. Then ask me that question, and I would 150% pay him. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Right now, I would try to run without him. In his defense, he does have a lot of in. leverage. I mean, he does. Because in the games that he has not been there, the Cowboys have not played good. Even in the games they've won with him not being there, they have not played good at all. And... He has leverage, and I don't think it's going to be... This is still a good team with or without him. But when you're talking mm-hmm. about good team versus Super Bowl contender, Ezekiel Elliott is a necessity in my mind. Yeah, I mean, if y'all want, if the Cowboys wanted to take a shot at the Super Bowl, they absolutely are going to have to have Ezekiel Elliott in there. I mean, like you said, we've seen what they can and can't do with him without him. I just think Amari Cooper is a little bit more important, but... I did, I'm not a see. I'm not a big fan of paying running backs. Is my thing. I don't think the contracts work out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like seeing Devontae Freeman get paid. I love Devontae Freeman as a player, but I would also argue that that was one of the foolish things the Falcons did. Look at the Rams paying Todd Gurley. I mean, we saw what C.J. Anderson could still do behind that offense and that offensive line. 
I'm not a big fan of paying running back. All, all I will say I is this is a guy with running back on pay that price too. This is a guy with zero injury history. I mean, he's been a the same style runner for his entire career into Ohio State, and he's never had a single serious injury. I mean, this is a guy that yeah is built for well, longevity. Yeah, the way he's built and the way his running style definitely is. You know, like. He's a bigger, thicker back. You know, he's not like that taller. You know, he's and he knows I when like to he and he knows when to take a hit, and he also knows when to duck his head and just get out of there. Yeah, ultimately, I mean, I agree with you though. If the Cowboys want to make a run at the playoffs and at the Super Bowl, they need to bring Ezekiel Elliott back. I mean, they've already done things to add guys like Robert Quinn on the defense. They've locked down D. Lawrence. This is as a good as good a year to do it as any because if you don't have Zeke. You're pretty much wasting that last year of having Sean Lee still on the field because at the end of the day, I think Sean Lee is going to have to walk. I mean, that's just, it sucks, but he's going to have to walk in order to make room for Leighton Vander Esch's contract, Jalen Smith. You have an entire defense that is young and ready to Those go. Those guys are better than him now, you know? Oh, yeah, they for sure are. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like Dallas might do it out of necessity right now. I don't like paying running backs. That's I'm going to stick to that side. I don't like paying running backs, but I mean, if I were to have to pay a big contract to any running back in the NFL, I'd, Ezekiel Elliott probably would be one of the guys I would want to pay a big contract to. But I don't like paying running backs big deals. But that's just my stance on it. It doesn't matter if you don't like it or not. The Cowboys have a window to win a Super Bowl, and they have to take advantage of that. And that's it. That's a wrap. That's, I feel like, the only option for them. I mean, even if you, I don't even like paying running backs, but you have to in this situation. I'm going to move on to that because, you know, I can talk about that for a good 24 yeah, hours consecutively. The whole window we got the podcast to talk about that one. We can make this one pretty short. I'm pretty sure we're going to do a little preview of the AFC East. And yeah. this is as short a conversation as it gets in my mind. The Patriots did, in fact, have the worst season in the last nine years last year. So watch out. They might lose it. Psych, that was an 11-5 and five season. That was the worst in <laughs> nine years. So I am not even slightly worried. They lose Gronkowski. I get it. Whatever. Honestly, their defense probably just gets better. They didn't lose many pieces. And it's just another year under the belt of Bill Belichick for a young defense or, well, one of the younger defenses that they've had in a while. And I don't think the other teams are ready yet. I do think the Bills and the Jets are on the right path, but I think this is not a win-now situation for them. I think it's more so like a, we'll see when the time comes. We might actually have a chance once Tom Brady retires and we got these young quarterbacks coming to fruition because I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Not so much on the Sam Donald, but I know he's talented and he has a talented team. So I know that he's going to probably be successful with the Jets. I like them both. Personally, and I think they're going to be good quarterbacks, but I don't think they're beating Tom Brady this season. And I don't think their yeah, teams are know. beating the Patriots this season. Yeah, you know, I couldn't have said it any better than you said it. I mean, the Dolphins are almost a non-factor. I don't mind what the Dolphins did with bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's a Harvard guy. He's smart. He's going to train Josh Rosen and try to help him, you know, get mm-hmm. a little bit better and whatnot. But I, the Dolphins are obviously non-factor. I mean, they're at plus uh, they're at plus five thousand to win the division. So if that's yeah, I mean, if right, it if it helps anybody, like, when I 
when I decided when we decided that we were going over the AFC East, I already pretty much decided that I wasn't even going to look or say the Dolphins' name. So I just <laughs> hey, well, you just said it right there. So you just broke your own promise. So uh, not really. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say him by full names. You know, I was just talking about the the sea animal. Anyway. Um, I, I agree with you, the Jets and the Bills. You know, I think they're getting good at the right time. I love Josh Allen. I really, really like Josh Allen. I thought he's the best quarterback in last year's draft. You know, I'm not as high on Darnold as other people are. Don't get me wrong. I think Darnold still can be a top 10 quarterback in the league. I just don't think he can be that special quarterback that's going to take you, you know, to the promised land, go win a Super Bowl. I think he can still be a good starter. But, you know, like more like an Alex Smith, like – that kind of quarterback where he just wins, you know, he wins games for you. But when it comes down to winning the big game, I don't think he can get it done for you. But I will say this. I think the Jets and the Bills are rebuilding at the right time. You know, Brady only has so much time left in this division. I mean, the, I, the Patriots are absolutely winning this division. You know, as much as I like Josh Allen, I think that he's that third year is going to be when he makes his big jump and when the Bills make the big jump. I think they're a little bit more behind the Jets. The Jets added a lot of guys on the offensive line, a lot of good defensive players. They got Jamison Crowder and Le'Veon Bell on the offense. So, you know, they added. And they brought Matt Cahill back out of retirement, which it's it's a big step in the right direction for the Jets, but you are not going to go from 4-12 and to, you know, a 10-6 playoff team overnight, no matter what you get in the offseason. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And I think that Le'Veon Bell coming there and signing that four-year deal – shows that the Jets are kind of planning this a little bit farther in advance than this year. I think that this is a big trial run for them, but I don't think it's a playoff year for them. And as for the Bills, different story. I think that Josh Allen is only getting better and better even as last season progressed. He's a big-time rusher, and I don't know if that's going to hurt him because I know it puts him in harm's way for an injury or whatever, but they're both a year or two behind in terms of getting caught up to the Patriots and the Patriots are going to own that division. We, we should even, we should end it right now because I really want to talk about the next division. Wait, 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 let's, 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 let's finish it out here real quick and finish our last two questions. So our last two parts we have on here and wow, dude, Cruz just went yard again. But anyway, staying on topic here. Um, so the team, so first question we have on here is what factor has the most impact over the whole division? Uh, I think I can answer for both of us here. It's Tom Brady's health. Tom Brady stays healthy. Patriots win the division, no doubt about it. Even if he gets hurt, I think they still could. Um, what's my best over-under win total for the for this division? Who do I think has the best over-under win total? I'm taking the Jets here over seven and a half wins. I think they win eight or nine games. I think they have a decently easy schedule and they have a good season. I really like the Bills, too, over six and a half. It was between those two. But I just think the Jets, once they got Khalil, that put them a little bit more over the top, adding him in there at center. So I got the Jets. Um, What's the Patriots over-under? It's at 11 right now. Oh, I'm going. I'm going over. All right, that's not. Yeah, I like I like that number at eleven. I think it's a good bet. But if it gets to eleven and a half, I'll go with the under. But at I mean, 11, eleven is like flat. I mean, I could easily see the Patriots getting twelve and four. I think this is actually a year that the Patriots actually kind of surprise people. And usually, you know how they come out kind of a little bit shitty, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to actually come out hot this season because their defense is going to carry them into it. And their defense is nasty. Just all around. It's balanced. 
see the Patriots going over 11. I mean, at least you push at 11. I think they win 11. I think they win 11 games no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. I mean, in nine seasons previous to last year, they won more than 11 games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do the math on that one. Those are pretty good odds yeah. if you don't yeah, say so. And yeah. lastly, I can before we even move on from this, I cannot believe Nelson Cruz is still doing this at this age. At age 39 and just doing whatever he wants on a baseball field. Shout out to Nelson Cruz. That might be the uh, the definitely the player of the month. I want to call him a role player, but he's not. He's a bona fide superstar. And the last six years, I think he's got like 30 plus home runs in the last six years. But sorry, baseball topic. Hey, that, hey that's what happens though when you play DH over in the American League and don't ever play the field anymore. Exactly. You can, your career can ask a lot longer. Extend it on. Extend it on out. Oh, yeah. Next up, we got the AFC South, though. The AFC South is probably, in my opinion, one of the best divisions in football, if not the best, with just the pure... There's offensive talent all throughout the division. And then you have some of the best defenses in both conferences combined with Mm -hmm. the Colts having a top 10 scoring defense. You have... Any defense with Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt on it are, you know, top-notch defenses just because they're going to get to the quarterback in under five seconds every time. And it's the quarterback play in this division is going to be nuts. I mean, I can't even I can't even talk about it enough. I really don't know who I have as my winner because I think it does depend on a lot of it depends on health. You know, with even wait, I want to say. I want to say this real quick, and then I'll let you keep going. You're, the fact that you could mention how good defenses are, this goes to show you how stacked this def- this conference is, and you didn't even mention the Jags or the Titans. You know, like, I know, and the, J- the Jags are the same defense, and they picked up Josh Allen. I know they lost some pieces, but Josh Allen is going to be one of those rookies that immediately impacts a game. And I, it is mind-boggling, man. It's really mind-boggling how good this whole entire division is on both sides of the ball. It's probably the most well-rounded division in terms of just having both defense and offense. And, man, it's it's really... I will say the Texans are in a tough position right now because their first seven, they play games against the Saints, the Chargers, the Colts, and the Chiefs, which is tough because... The hardest schedule in football. It's the hardest schedule in football, exactly. And I do think that they have the firepower for it because one, you have Deshaun Watson, who is a born winner and is getting better and better with each each time he throws a football, it seems like he gets better. So it's hard to say, man. I, I really don't even have a good pick. I'm I'm gonna go and then you also have Nick Foles with the Jaguars, who's also a born winner. It's t- who's your pick? I gotta. I'll just play it off that. All right, let's let's start here. Let's go through the whole division and then we'll drop our picks. So let's just talk. Let's talk a little bit team by team. So obviously we got the Colts. They got better last year. If that was even possible for this team to get better, they got Andrew Luck once again. He's a little banged up right now. They got the whole team back together. You know, I, I just feel like there's no way we can really go against Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, I think, is one of those generational quarterbacks that we're going to see. He's the next. You know, like. It was Brady versus Manning. It's going to be Andrew Luck versus somebody, you know. I feel like Andrew Luck is that good of a quarterback. Who knows? It might be Andrew Luck versus Deshaun Watson, you know, out of this division. So, 
I feel like Andrew Luck's too good here with the Colts. The Colts are only getting better. They had so many good rookies last year, and these guys are just getting more experience. I think Frank Reich does everything the right way. I think he's a great coach. I think the team's too good here. What do you What do you think? Honestly, I'm I'm I want to say the Texans. I really do want to say the Texans, simply because one, they're completely well rounded. Two, they have a young quarterback that is. Probably, I would say he's a top five quarterback in terms of uh, just overall potential play, uh, multifaceted. I mean, he's the real deal. Deshaun Watson knows how to win. I, I think that this division might actually have three playoff teams, realistically. Like, they could have wow. three playoff teams. And,. Whether they get both of those wild cards or not is up. Because, you know, the Chargers are a team that always is going to look good from the offseason. But you never do know with the Chargers. They could have a season in which they did a couple years ago where they kept on losing by like three points or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they also play in a pretty tough division over there. And I think that I'm probably – I'm leaning towards the Texans – but I will say the Colts are intriguing. They have a really good defense. I watched them slap the Cowboys all across the field. And that was when the Cowboys were actually playing pretty well. Yeah, that was one of those two Amari and Dak losses right there. Yeah. It was the Titans and the Texans. Yeah. And um, I wanna say this about I wanna say this about the Texans. I still have a lot of question marks. I mean, they have the hardest schedule in the NFL. That's hard for me to overlook. I feel like they can't really run the gauntlet for that long. I mean, this offensive line is horrible. I'd say it's one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Deshaun Watson's just so good that he can overcome something like this, but he can only overcome that for so long. He's going to get beat up. He's going to get hit a lot. And then my last real thing is, you know, they, they're they missing some depth because they gave up a lot to get Deshaun Watson in the first place, and they had Kareem Jackson and the Honey Badger both go both leave in free agency. They did add Courtney Roby or uh, Bradley Roby. I mean, not Courtney Roby. Yeah, Bradley Roby. He's the one from uh, whoever the mm-hmm. Roby was that yeah. used to play for Denver. It's either Courtney or Bradley. I can't remember. But, I mean, they definitely used a lot of draft picks and did a lot to try to strengthen that secondary. But I think they're definitely the secondary is going to miss a little bit. The, the Colts is giving up. That's what I I was saying. The Colts. The Colts beat the Cowboys. The Colts shut out the Cowboys. The only team to do so and they did it by a wide margin nobody else held the Cowboys below like 19 points the Colts absolutely destroyed them and it was just from the get-go and the Colts have the easiest I think the easiest schedule in this division minus the Titans but I think the Titans are just the short stick on this season and I won't count them out I really won't schedule I won't yeah count the Titans out but I think the Colts are going to actually win this division. I think maybe, just maybe, the Texans and the Jaguars slip in. I really want to see how Nick Foles plays and the Jaguars' offense. See, I really don't like the Jags that much. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the NFL this season, which is one reason I don't like them. But my bigger reasons are here. They still have Yannick. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Ngaku. He's supposed to be yeah. one of the best. De- he's one of the best defensive linemen yeah. in the NFL. 
He's still holding out. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the league. You know, Nick Foles got a. They brought they brought in the Vikings offensive coordinator. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. He's a good he's a good offensive coordinator, but I mean, there's a reason why the Vikings let him go. It's still some time left. Um, oh, De Filippo, they let him go. You know, he was with Nick Foles when they were in, when they were in Philadelphia. But look, he doesn't have the weapons like they had in the offense. The offensive this offensive line last year was not very good. I didn't want to say they gave up here. I've got the exact number right here. They were 27th in sacks last year. They have a London trip. I mean, this is a really hard division. Not to mention, you know, he doesn't have tight ends like Zach Ertz and Goddard to be throwing to instead. You know, and they lost Safarian uh, Jenkins. So seven offensive linemen left from last season. I, I don't like the, like the Jags, honestly. I'm, that's actually my uh, best win total in this division to the Jags under under eight wins. That's what I took. I did say maybe, though. I, I don't necessarily – they're not my favorite for that six wild card position, but I say they're a contender. That's the- I say the Jags go. I think the Jags go six and ten this season. I I just I just don't see don't them count out the playoffs. Hey, do not count out St. Nick, man. See, I would like the Titans. I was very high on the Titans last year. Mariota though as his fifth offensive coordinator in five years. That that's not a good good thing. I think Mariota's time in the league's about done. They did get Tannehill, and Mariota can't seem to stay healthy. Derrick Henry's already a little banged up, and Taylor Lewan suspended the first. They did add. Games they did add Cameron Wake. They did add Cameron Wake, but Cameron Wake's also getting up there in age a little bit, you know? I mean, I think the Titans' defense will be ferocious and one you don't want to play. I mean, the Titans, look, playing the Titans and the Jags, those are going to be tough teams that you're not going to want to play. It'll be hard-fought games, but you're going to end up winning the game, you know? It's one of those It's one of those wins you earn, but you can definitely win it. And they can sneak up on you and beat you, but I just don't see these teams being able to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Also, Nick Foles hasn't played all 16 games in a season yet. It does not matter because he did what he did against the Patriots and nobody else has. And I'm a that's coming from a Cowboys fan. Shout out to old St. Nick because that man really knows how to win some football games. I'm going to move from the NFL just because I feel like there's too much time between now and the start of the season. It's going to get me all antsy if we talk too much. So we're going to move to something that's a little bit closer, just a little bit. And that's college football. We're not going to get to the fun divisions. We are going to get to one fun division. And we're not, or well, sorry, conference. Stuck on my NFL talk. We're going to get to one fun conference. And then the other conference I could not care less about. I probably would assume most people know what I'm talking about already. But we'll start on the Big 12. And this one... For me, personally, I think it's a one-man race. I think that Oklahoma is going to come out, and I think they're going to make the playoffs again, the college football playoffs, that is. I think that Jalen Hurts, the addition of Jalen Hurts, just makes their offense what it always is, which is electric and explosive. On top of that, adding Alex Grinch as their defensive coordinator, if he can even make it, if he can even make the improvement from below average to average this is a automatic shoe in in the playoffs in my opinion just because they've never had a good defense they're usually pretty reliant on that offense and i don't think they're going to have an issue during the regular season with putting up an absolute ton of points and i will say to bounce off that texas is on the way to being officially back the longhorns might be officially back And I do think that they could beat any team 
in college football, but I don't think they can do it consistently, and I don't think they can even beat bad teams consistently. I think that there's going to be some just little flute games that they have a piss-poor performance, and it ruins their season. That's just my opinion. I think that they're not quite there yet. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I mean, Texas was outgained last year, which is kind of weird to think about. They were mm-hmm. outgained last year. Um, they only had eight returning starters, yeah. which is the fewest in college football. So I think, yeah, so I think that puts them – I mean, I really have questions on that defensive front. I think the secondary is good, but I think the front will be as good. Obviously, a lot of people are high on Sam Ellinger. I think he'll be good, but I just don't think it'll get it done for him. Um, you know, Texas, I, they also play LSU, which is going to be another tough game, too. I don't think they can win that one. Um, going back to Oklahoma, you know, my thing is Jalen Hurts is not a great passer. He's a little bit more of a runner. But I will say this. He's going to be bigger than most of the linebackers, and he damn sure will be bigger than all the secondary players trying to tackle him. I don't think they're really going to be able to bring him down. I think he's going to run all over teams. I also think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley is smart of a, you know, as much of an offensive guru. Oh, he's going to know exactly how to use him. Yeah, he's gonna he's just gonna put more run twists in this offense. I mean, this offense is still stacked. They still have C D Lamb on there. They still have uh, Trey Sermon, their running back coming back. So I mean And I wouldn't don't for on record, I wouldn't mind seeing Jalen Rec- or Jalen Hurts win the Heisman. Really. I think it would be a huge slap in the face to Alabama. I think it's pretty plausible, especially with the fact that he could win out all season with Oklahoma in a weaker conference than the SEC. And on top of that, I think he's going to put up absolutely ridiculous stat lines throughout the season. So I don't think the stats are going to be an issue in terms of the Heisman race. So, I mean, he's a very plausible candidate. I, I wonder what the odds on him winning Heisman is. Yeah, you know, I actually I haven't looked at, the, looked at the odds, but I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, this is a guy... He knows how to face adversity. He he thrives for moments like that. We saw him come through in one of his biggest, probably the biggest moment for him nope, in Alabama. Stop. And it was, what? I don't want to talk about that moment. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry since you're a Georgia fan. But anyway, other teams that I think can do a little damage in this conference, Iowa State, they're returning 16 starters. Um, their third year with their head coach. I can't think of his name right now, but Iowa State's going to have a decent little team and, here. I think that they can win some games. They're starting. They're probably going to start the season out ranked. Also, I like Baylor. Um, they, they don't. I did say Baylor was my sleeper team late. on this one. Yeah, they got eight of their top nine tacklers coming back. It's their third year with Matt Rule. Also, their quarterback Charlie Brewer. I think he can air it out a little bit. You know, I think Baylor. They might have a decent little team here. You know, I think Baylor. I think like. Honestly, if I had to pick a team to finish second in the big in the Big Twelve here, I'm going to go with Baylor. I think that the, I think Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas are the top four teams. I think Texas. I chose Baylor over Iowa State. The reasoning on the Iowa State thing is they are returning starters, but they're losing four key players. That's both starting cornerbacks, yep. David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler, which is their best skill players. Mm-hmm. That's a big gap to fill. I don't know exactly how successful they're going to be in filling that gap. And if they are, then kudos to them. But that's all the dominoes and all the chips have to fall directly into place for that to happen. And for that reason, I don't think that they're going to compete on as a high level as they did in previous years. Well, last year. Yeah, that's why I'm like a little bit questionable still with Iowa State. 
Like their win total, I've thought about taking the under because I mean they haven't had guys draft. They had four guys draft in the first four rounds. They hadn't had that in their program's history. But you know, I decided not to play anything there. My uh, win total that I like the most out of this conference is I really like Texas to go under nine and a half or ten wins, depending on what you got it at. I mean, I just I think Texas will lose a couple. I think LSU for sure is a loss. I think Oklahoma's for sure a loss, and I think they have a letdown somewhere on the board. I wouldn't be surprised if the game before Oklahoma they have a little letdown and lose. What's at, Baylor's? Virginia. Baylor's win total? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Let me pull it up here real quick. Um, what do you what do you think about Oklahoma State and the rest of these teams in the conference? Anything? Um, nothing. I I do think that Oklahoma State probably could beat one of these teams in the top three uh, to kind of derail their season a little bit. I think that that's always a possibility with Oklahoma State. They kind of tend to live and wow, die Baylor's, by that. Baylor's at six and a half, possibly seven. Oh. I, I like that over. I like the over, but slightly skeptical. I, I like it, though. I love the over on that. Yeah, I love Texas. I love Texas under nine and a half, and I love Baylor over six and a half um oklahoma i just don't think has any value because i believe they're at 11 so yeah oklahoma's at 10 and a half so i mean if you think oklahoma's gonna go I'll, i actually kind of lean over there with oklahoma but I didn't on your on when i want to go on your podcast when the heisman odds come out i would love to join your podcast when the uh heisman odds come out i want to talk about that uh-huh. a little bit i feel like Depending on the, I think it's a wide open year for Heisman, but Jalen Hurts might be my pick. I like Jalen Hurts a lot as a Heisman pick. Hey, I finish, like I like taking somebody with the juice. I never like taking the favorites. So yeah, to to finish some things off, yeah, for sure. I mean, you gotta if you're picking a Heisman, you want a nice little payout. You don't want, you know, an mm, easy pick. Yeah. Although this year, I don't really know if there's any value going against Tua and Lawrence. Yeah, well. And the thing is, in that competition, a lot of people are failing to talk about Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts could easily put up better numbers than both of them being in the Big 12. And That is very true, too. If he wins out and he goes undefeated with Oklahoma, then it's a whole different story, and you might have to. I mean, Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy to see Oklahoma QB win it three years in a row. It is. The odds are against them, though, with that stat particular but if you're living in the moment and only looking at this year he's a great choice to move on to our last one honestly i'm gonna let you take the floor on this one because i have one sentence to say about the pac-12 the pac-12 i don't care about it it might as well be a rugby league for me i do not care about football out there i think it is meaningless i hope that if anything oregon has a resurgent year so I get to at least, you know, I like rooting for Oregon just because they're jerseys, and that's about it. But that's that's all I have to say about the Pac-12, man. They're they're an outdated conference. Hey, fair enough. I I got I got a good bit here to say about the Pac-12. So obviously, Oregon's the front runner here. You know, they bring in the number one overall recruit, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, they've got Justin Herbert coming back again. He says he came back to win a national championship. So That'll be put up to the test right off the bat when they play Auburn the first game of the season. I think it's, it's obvious Oregon's that Oregon's the 100% favorite, though. It, that That's honestly one of the no, only Auburn, reasons I didn't take. Auburn's, 
Auburn's minus two and a half that game. Oh, no, I'm not talking about in that game. I'm oh, saying for the Pac-12. That's half the reason oh. I just didn't even – I opted out of the Pac-12 talk. Hey, fa- yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I like I like Oregon to win the conference. I think their biggest – look, I mean, they brought, like I said, they brought back Justin Herbert. We obviously know how it kind of offensive juggernaut Oregon is. They're going to have a good chance. I don't think they make the Final Four personally. I think they end up losing a game or two. I love them though to go over nine and a half wins. That's actually one of my be- one of my favorite win totals in general for college football this upcoming season. But in, in the Pac-12, and possibly win is Utah. Utah's on the other side. A weird thing about the Pac-12 mm. is you play nine Pac-12 conference games. So that means that some teams are going to have five home games. Some teams are going to have four home games. So that means one team's playing five on the road. It's a problem for teams like Washington, Washington State, Oregon. They've got the four road games. Utah has four road games. Their defense is absolutely stacked with that secondary and defensive line. They've got a lot of first. They got a lot of high draft picks on those two sides of the on those two spots in the defense. The running back Zach Moss is probably the best player in the entire Pac-12. Him and Herbert will probably be one and two for conference player and their quarterback Tyler Huntley is gonna make he's just started 23 games he's back for a season senior season they say he looks like he got stronger bigger and better so it's looking really up for Utah I really like Utah you know to win their side of the Pac-12 it's the I think it's the north and the south so I like the Oregon and them to be in the championship I also think teams that you can't necessarily count out is Washington State and Washington who are both on Oregon's side of the Pac-12 Washington State, you know, it really doesn't matter what quarterback they have in there. You know, last year, how many people knew um, shoot, you know, knew Gardner Minshew's name? You know, this year it's Tyler Brugman playing cute quarterback for him. And I think Mike Leake can make do with whatever he has. I really want to watch Jacob Eason and see what he can do at Washington. You know, Washington doesn't have a good defense. I said I wasn't going to say anything. I said I wasn't going to say anything. I will say there are some teams in the Pac-12 that have a chance to do some really special things. It's just, I have to, I will not believe it until I see it. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, that's how I feel with the Pac-12 at this point. I think that they've had such a long run of being, you know, the conference of champions and the collegiate field that I'm kind of died out and on, on enthusiasm to speak on behalf of the Pac-12. So... I will say there's some nice things out there, and I, I did give some unwarranted hate, but I still think Oregon's the favorite, and I wouldn't be surprised if another team pops in and wins. I wouldn't. It's just how the Pac-12 operates. Yeah, I agree. It's just how the Pac. It's definitely how the Pac-12 operates. I think that it's a team. They could possibly do it. The only thing is they play five road games, which makes it a little bit tougher. See, I feel like those teams that play five road games, they just don't really have as good of a chance. But is Arizona with quarterback Khalil Tate, they brought a lot of that defense back. If Khalil Tate can stay healthy and be healthy running around there. I mean, that dude is a beast. He's one of the players I want to watch the most. College football week zero, we got Miami versus Florida. Arizona is at Hawaii a little bit later, but luckily I'm on central time, so it's not as late as it is for you guys on the East Coast. I highly recommend watching that game. The Wi-Fi is not as good, though. Hey, yeah, the Wi-Fi is not as good out here at all. Um, overall, though, I pretty much think it's between Oregon and Utah. I don't really think there's a team that's going to come out of the Pac-12 and go to the Final Four. So, but Chip Kelly, man, in UCLA. <laughs> hey, that was, that was what I was getting to actually. So my favorite two win, two of my favorite win totals in general. The other one comes out of the Pac-12, and that's Chip Kelly and UCLA over five and a half. Oh, that's a good I really one. Think- 
Yeah, I really think this UCLA team, their second year around, will will turn it around. They have, I believe, 18 starters returning, which is the second most in college football. Five and a half and is a great one, though. I, some, yeah, over five and a half, I would hammer that. It's pretty juiced up, though. I think it's minus 150, minus 160, but it's still absolutely worth it. I love this UCLA team, and I think that they're going to have a bounce back here with Chip Kelly. I don't love them, but I love them to go over five and a half. How about that? Yeah, no, I love them to go over five and a half. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't love them, but we love them to go over five and a half. Yeah, I do like that, actually. I do not love well, them at all. I don't love many Pac-12 teams, but that will wrap it up on our little midweek, I guess, conference and divisional preview for NFL and college football. Uh, for lack of a better segment name, that's what that was. This is yeah, we'll the role player. This is also going to go on Thomas's podcast, Hot Takes with TP3. And yep. we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. I, I know that, I, honestly, this podcast has been a, uh, a very informative, yet I've just been generally tired lately. So I think that once we get into actual football season... It's going to boost my energy levels. We're going to be popping out some awesome content, some awesome podcasts with some great guests. It's going to be a great time, honestly. I'm looking forward to this fall. I cannot wait. Honestly, the fact of the matter is I will not be full until football is back. Can can you repeat that last part after you said, honestly, I cut out a little bit? Damn, your Wi-Fi sucks. Honestly... I will not be a full individual again until football is back. It's weighing on me, man. It really is. It's making me anxious. It's like the day before Christmas. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty anxious, too. It felt good, though, to get my first two wins of football season under my belt with winning those two preseason bets I had on the Falcons-Broncos game. But, you know, it feels like it's about that time, guys. I mean, we got that coming up. We got the FIBA basketball coming up as well. So, Lots of great sporting stuff for all of us to get us through till, you know, the best time of the year, in my opinion, is when it's the NFL season, college football season. You got the MLB playoffs, and NBA regular season all going on at the same time. That's my favorite time in sports. And we're right around the corner from that, guys. So I'm getting I'm really hyped. I mean, me and Brett are we're going to keep on previewing for y'all conferences. We're going to keep doing college football, NFL preview stuff, talking all kinds of football stuff for y'all. So. Appreciate y'all tuning in once again, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Mm.